You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 50 with Rebecca Watson. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I am so excited. This is the 50th episode of The Mom Inspired Show. I know when I started this journey a year ago, episode 50 sounded daunting, but time flies and this podcast has been such a labor of love. And so I thought it would be a perfect episode to talk about preparing for birth and birth stories. So today we are talking with Rebecca Watson. She is a birth doula. She shares with us about preparing for birth and sharing birth stories and everything that goes along with this journey. She also explains what a doula does for the mom and why they can play such an important role in your birth story. We talk about the hopes and the dreams of our labor and how sometimes when it doesn't go the way that we desire, it can be really hard to process those feelings. We also chat about natural unmedicated births, epidurals, and C-sections. So I hope this show leaves you inspired to feel all the feelings you have when it comes to your birth story and know you are not alone. Hey, you guys, this show is brought to you by the free tool that I've created. It's the Vacation Personality Quiz. You have to go check it out. It's going to make your life so much better in regards to figuring out what vacations you want to go on. And even better, I would have your spouse take it. That way you guys can figure out what your vacation personality is. So who doesn't love free? Just go to mominspiredshow.com slash quiz to take your vacation personality quiz today. Let's go to the show. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks. Glad to be here. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker. I love to travel and I want to inspire other moms to travel. So I love asking people, where are their favorite destinations to go to? So what is your favorite vacation spot that you've gone to and why? And this can be with or without kids. Um, so that's, that's like a really hard question for me. Actually, before I got married and had kids, I traveled a lot and, um, I actually love the country of Turkey. Um, most people don't think about it, but it's right on the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. They have amazing food and culture. So that's probably my favorite place in the whole world to be. It's yeah. amazing. Nobody you, thinks about it because it's still kind of like Middle I, East. But I, I do. I But I will say that it does seem a little bit scary to go yeah. now. But um, we were supposed to go on a Mediterranean cruise uh, for our 10-year anniversary. And it was going to go through Turkey and Greece and all that kind of stuff and Croatia. And I we didn't go because I got pregnant. And mm. so... I still am like, oh yeah, I never went, I never got to go there. And so my new, my newest place is more Croatia. Um, uh-huh. but it's this, a similar feeling. I mean, minus, minus the Middle Eastern part, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous totally. there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's amazing. And the people, the culture, it's all just so rich and vibrant and, and like vibrant. It's just mm. so different from what we're used to. Over oh yeah. Here, so yeah. What, yeah. what city did you go to? Um, I was mostly in Izmir. Um, and then I also traveled down, you know, down the south a little bit more and then up in Istanbul too. I mean, there's so much like church history there too. So, mm, and yeah. it's not quite as like monitored as you will find it like in Greece. So like you can walk in the seven churches. It's just way more free to like oh, explore cool. and yeah, it's, it's nothing like I've ever experienced before. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, let's get started. Um, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, what your name is, where you're from, how many kids you have 
and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Um, so my name's Rebecca Watson, and I am actually from the Northwest, up um, from Olympia, Washington. Um, I met my husband up there while I was in college in Bellingham, Washington. And we got married up there, and um, I had my first child there in Bellingham. And then about a year and a half later, my husband um, and I decided to move down to Nashville. That's where we are now, and we have another child named Catherine, and I'm actually pregnant now with our third. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Yeah, we just are enjoying the process of growing our family and um, what it looks like to be a family, you know, and moving across the country was definitely a big transition for us, but I think it was really good. The Northwest is very different from Nashville, the South. It's been quite a transition, but um, we love it here. And we're so thankful that we are able to live in Nashville. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest difference? Um, Culturally, I mean, the culture is so different down here. You know, when you come from the Northwest, it's like everybody's like very isolated and um, not in a mean way. They're not trying to be cold. They're just doing their thing and they like, don't talk to each other. <laughs> I'm from Michigan. So yes. I understand it's, it, it, it's an adjustment that, uh, you know, when we first moved down here and then we had friends come down, people are like, they, why are they saying hi to us? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's conversation everywhere, <laughs> um, which is wonderful. I mean, my children are social, so they love it. Um, but when we go back up there, my kids talk to strangers and people just look at me like, get your child under control. <laughs> Are you scared? But I mean, it's just so different. You it know? is. But it we is. love it. Yeah. That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, <laughs> it is. You know what? I, I, I love that the girls, uh, my girls are being raised here because it is so friendly and mm-hmm. um, it is just a totally different environment. So it's interesting that you feel the same way in the Northwest that I would in Michigan, even though the people are very friendly, it's just, it's, it isn't the same. Like it's very hard to explain if you've never been here. Um, yeah. but it's just, I, I don't know. It's kind of like you're in the Truman show. Do you know that, that show that the movie oh, is yeah. it the Truman show? You're yeah. like in a bubble. It's Jim Carrey, right? I can't, yeah. I feel like we're kind yeah. of in a bubble. <laughs> And uh, (laughs) it's a great bubble. I'll take it. It is. It is. Absolutely. It's not that uh, other places are bad. I just think that this is kind of a unique area and I I really, I do love it. So I see Mm -hmm. what you mean when, when you say all of that. So that's awesome. Yeah. So do you want to explain to everybody um, what you do? And then we'll jump into that a little bit more in detail. Sure. So I am a birth doula. I have been a birth doula since um, my my son was about a year old. I started up in Washington, and then when we moved down to Nashville, I just continued my business down here. Um, and I love it. It's an incredible job to walk alongside of women and families, women and men. You know, there's a father involved there, too. So walking along families as they transition into having children. Um, and then also just... Um, being a part of like just the big day, being able to support them and create the space around them that they can focus on bringing a child in the world and not have to focus on all the other stresses that may come up. Yeah. How about you share with, um, with us what a doula does and, and and what made you decide to become one? Sure. Um, so a doula is emotional support, um, for mom and while she's laboring, um, there's lots of different jobs the doula can do, but um, the, the word actual doula is Greek for servant, female servant. So you're literally just serving the family as best you can to provide um, 
the support they need. So there isn't any physical support. So your provider, whether that's an OB or a midwife is going to do like your cervical checks and actually deliver your, help you deliver your baby. But the doula is, I like to say like creating the space. So in the environment, um, my hope is that I, as a doula, that I can kind of read mom's thoughts as she's laboring to help her get what she needs before she has to say it. Um, and then what was the last, what was the last little part of your yeah, question? I'm so sorry. what made you decide to become one? Oh, um, a good friend of mine, um, when I was pregnant with my first child, she was also pregnant with her first child. And, um, we both had similar hopes and dreams for our labors. And then, um, she, she didn't get the birth that she desired. And I saw how devastating it was for her. And I, um, I saw that there was, potential and opportunity to help support moms prenatally and also during delivery, but especially prenatally to um, prepare them for the day of. And it's just kind of grown since then. Um, I, I feel like there's a, um, there's just a gaping need for women to have the support that they need. Um, and labor and delivery is such a scary place too. I mean, there's so much unknown um, so much can happen and we don't have to be experts, you know, we can't be experts at everything. And so to have someone alongside of you as you're going through this experience who has an idea of what to expect is comforting. Yeah. You know what I was going to say too? Um, I feel like women fall into two camps when it comes to birth plans for their first child. At least I feel like mm -hmm. you have the ones that really don't prepare at all. And they're just kind of like, we're just going to go in and hope for the best. And sometimes I'm like, yeah. wow, that sounds kind of actually good now that I've been yeah. on the other side. <laughs> and then the <laughs> yeah. other, the other camp is having everything planned out. Um, and I, I just wonder what your thoughts on that? Because I know that there's people who are, pregnant with their first child, with their first child. And, you know, uh, they're probably debating like, which direction do I go? So I'd love to hear what your totally. thoughts are. I think that's a great point. I think that we either think that like, this isn't hard, like my body's made to do this. I don't have to prepare at all. I'm just going to go in and it's going to happen or they like over plan. And so there's like some place in the middle, I feel like is a really good place to be, um, to be educated and understand like your what your hopes and desires are, are so important. And then also to make sure that your provider is along, like aligns with what you're hoping your birth will be, <clears throat> but also not to stress the details. Um, because I always say that labor is like a roller coaster. You just strap on and then you just enjoy the ride. Like there's a little control that you have once labor starts going you can make small decisions, but you can't force your body to do certain things. Um, so, there's some place in the middle. And oftentimes, you know, when women, they say that um, the more relaxed and comfortable the woman is, the more labor will progress easier. And so if a mom is overstressed or concerned or fearful, then her labor isn't going to probably go out, go the way she wants it to. Um, and so oftentimes I find that the moms that are the most fearful tend to be the ones who overplan who have a lot of expectations for themselves and are less open to what's going to happen. So somewhere in the middle there is a good place to be. Yeah. You know, um, it's hard because when you're laboring, especially without medication, it's really hard to be relaxed, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, oh, let me be relaxed and let me kind of go through this. But um, <laughs> um, what I was going to say is, you know, 
I, I think so many people are scared of C-sections, right? Nobody, especially mm. for the first, like yeah. that's like the worst thing that can possibly happen besides, uh, you know, anything ha- happening to the child or to the yeah. mom's health. Okay. People are like, I don't want to do it. Uh, that's, that was me. And so, um, but I think what happens is because they're so focused either on natural birth or, or doing epidural, uh, vaginal birth, whatever, um, that they're not prepared for a C-section at all. And yeah. so for me having to go through that, so I did the whole natural mm-hmm. birth and I, I did it without medication. Prob- I don't even know. It felt like years, but it really wasn't. It was like probably <laughs> yeah. 18 hours, which is a long, a time, long time without mm-hmm. medicine and then without food, you know, so you're starving. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> so for me, I was planning on doing the natural birth. You know, I didn't want to have the baby completely medicated and all that kind of stuff. And um it, she just wasn't budging and she was facing the wrong direction. So I had such mm. bad back labor that I couldn't even lay back. And so mm. um, I had to be over a ball the whole time and it was just really hard. So by the time I don't even know, like the evening came, I was in so much pain. And then they're like, we're gonna have to break your water. And I'm thinking you are not going in there and breaking water. <laughs> and I'm already feeling this much pain. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to give me an epidural because I cannot go to that next level. And that, and that next level, not mm-hmm. even being laboring and pushing out the baby that like, that's just like to break the water. So yeah, here's the thing. I was shaking so bad because I was in so much pain. It was really hard for them to do the epidural. And so they had to Mm -hmm. do it twice. And so I know, and I'm like, well, (laughs) if I would have known I was going to do an epidural, I would have done this hours ago when I could manage how much I'm shaking. And so I say Mm -hmm. all this not to scare people, but I think if I would have had in my mind, like if you have to have a C-section, it's going to be okay. But I think because I was so like, no, I want to do it this way. And I know friends that have done it this way. So therefore I should be able to do this way. And if I'm not, then I'm failing and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be cut open and blah, 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 blah. I mean, (laughs) that's what everybody's thinking, you know, when the fear of an epidural is a possibility. And so for me, I think if I would have been more prepared, like, okay, so these are the things that could happen. This is the recovery of a C-section. I didn't even, I didn't even Mm -hmm. have that planned because, you know, there's a point where you're like, oh, let's just think positive thoughts. Let's just think about what you want, not what you don't want. I do think that's great, but I think there has to be some practicality that something can go off and that you may have to go that direction. And I think if I could have been more prepared a little Mm -hmm. bit, I think that would have helped. And so to just finish out my story so that, um, the moms can hear it is just, so they broke my water. I was an epidural. And let me tell you, when you've been, (laughs) when you've been laboring without an epidural for so long, and then you have an epidural, it's like, whoa. (laughs) And my husband's like, he's like, do you even feel that contraction? I didn't even know what was happening. He saw it on the screen. Cause I'm just like talking Mm -hmm. to the nurses this whole time. I hadn't been talking to anybody because I was trying to manage the pain. And so, um, so I've seen both sides now. Like, I'm like, I can see why people do it. Um, and, and she just wouldn't progress. Like I was stuck at an eight for five hours. This oh. is on top of already going for so long. And so yeah. long story short, my doctor was great. Um, I didn't feel like she was going to push me to do a C-section. She knew that I wanted to do a, a, a natural birth. And um, she even stayed at the hospital um, knowing that, like this could be, she was off shift. Like, so she was sleep. I didn't even know she was there. And so, mm. um, she had come back and she said, you know, it's now super late at night and so it's probably early morning the next day. And so, um, she's just like, 
I, I think she's like, I know you don't want to hear this, but I think we're gonna have to do a C-section. And so mm-hmm. I started crying. My husband started crying because he knew for me that I didn't want to go that direction. And But now at this point, I'm yeah. so exhausted. It's kind of like, I just want to go, hey, time out. I time out. I just need to take an eight hour nap. Okay. Can I go and, sleep for a bit? Yeah. yeah. And let me, let me come back to you so I can strategize, but you can't. And yeah. so I'm so tired at this point. I'm like, just get her out. Like, okay, I'm done. And, and there mm. was no health risk. Like she wasn't, it wasn't like her heart rate was dropping or whatever. Um, mm. So long story short, once she was able to get in and do the C-section, she could see that she was just jammed. Like, so she was facing the wrong way. I have a small pelvic outlet, which is interesting because I'm not super tiny. I mean, I see like micro tiny women push out babies mm. like vaginally. And I'm <laughs> like, how in the world are you doing that? And then, and then for me, I'm like, I'm not even super tiny, but my pelvic outlet is small. And she mm. was 8'11 and 21 inches. And I'm only 5'3". So she's, a, my daughter's tall. And so, and she still is. And uh, she was just jammed and she could see that because she went in there. Right. So she could see like where mm-hmm. she was kind of jammed in and, and this is why I wasn't progressing. So long story short, um, you know, she, she was fine and everything like that, but it, it was just, you know, it just kind of, yeah. it was, it just, it was crushing that I didn't go the way that I had planned. And so looking back, I kind of just wish I held things a lot loosely mm-hmm. And just kind of was like, okay, you want this, let's go for it. But it could go a different direction and it will be okay. It won't be what you wanted. Um, But this ties into you being a doula and um, what experience have you had with women not having the birth plans that they dreamed Mm. of? And and sometimes I often wonder if this leads into a depression to some degree. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's so hard when you like you walk alongside these women and like you want to help them achieve whatever their desire is and it's always coming from a good spot obviously i mean like your desire to have you know a low intervention birth is because you're you know you're trying you want you're thinking of your baby and you're thinking of your recovery time so it's not like it's bad things that we're desiring um but i think that what you said earlier was really a good touching point of just saying you plan for the best, but we also want to prepare for the worst so that you're not in the moment of the whirlwind trying to make really, really um, hard decisions. So um, I think that sometimes that can help. Um, just having mom and dad before labor discuss like different outcomes and what would we do if, what would we do if this happened? What would we do if, you know, I have been laboring for 18 hours and I'm exhausted do I choose to get the epidural then? Is it more beneficial for me to get the epidural and rest than to just, you know, fight it out? A lot of times I would say yes. You know, we don't have to be superheroes here. There's incredible spot for an epidural. And I think sometimes these these interventions can be demonized and um, looked at as like really negative things. But if we can um, look at the interventions for what they are, um, really for helpful, helpful tools for moms when they're in labor, um, then that's, that's good. You know, it helps, I think, postpartum when we're, when we're processing. But, um, I think that there's so much of our culture, I think, especially in the natural birth world that tells us, you know, we we will have this experience if we have an, uh, unmedicated vaginal birth, um, and then all of a sudden we come like a super woman. Um, something changes within us and we see all of what our body can do. 
And that's really great for the women who are able to do it, that they, that they, you know, that makes them feel really affirmed, but it can also really be hurtful to women who haven't been able to have that experience. And, and what it, in turn, I think what happens is they feel like what's wrong with me. Um, how come I failed and did I make all the right decisions that I should have? Like, um, and you kind of even touched on it. You said, how did you say it? You said, after 18, you thought you said, well, I would have gotten epidural yeah. earlier. And yeah. it's so hard mm-hmm. to know what the right decision is in the moment because you don't know what's coming later. You don't know if you're going to, you know, have a really, really long labor or and you don't know, you know, where the baby's position is. And so much of that, the baby's position is a, an important factor in the progression of labor. So there's a lot of things that just are out of our control. Um, so I find that, again, being expecting and planning for the best, but preparing for the for the unexpected really is helpful postpartum. Um, and even just for moms to, to be able to, to discuss whatever it is that they find might be hard about their labor later on. Um, for each woman, it's a little bit different. You know, there could be a woman out there who had a vaginal birth, but because she had the epidural, she's really struggling with what her birth experience looked like. It wasn't even the cesarean birth. It was just the epidural. So for each woman, it's going to look a little bit different. Um, But just creating a space in a community where you can talk about it. And um, I think birth and pregnancy is such a preparation for parenting. Um, God made it that way on purpose, I think. Um, we, We just were not in control of our labor and our birth. Um, I think it's Psalm 107. It says that, God, you took me out of my mother's womb. Um, We're just not in control. And um, so just being able to walk through it and trust that we are just, we are given this gift as women um, to be a part of God's work of creating and life and to hold life and birthing life. And um, that is not up to us if that makes sense, that like the pressure's off um, of us to have, to make all the perfect decisions and to have that perfect birth. We can't, we're not God. Um, those things are all things I think are helpful processing afterwards, but those are, that's a process that mom has to go through. And I, you probably are still processing those things, you know, it, it affects you even after your consecutive births. It's all very present. <laughs> well, know? yeah. And you know what I was going to ask you, um, I'd love to share, I would love for you to share with the moms out there that, um, so had a C-section, right. And then they're considering mm-hmm. a V-back. Do you have any thoughts yeah. on that? Because I mean, I know that from my point of view, but you see a lot more women than I, you know, so you have a lot more perspective sure. on that. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that. Sure. I think that again, a huge part of labor progressing is, is that mom, that the mom is comfortable and that the mom feels safe. So I think for each woman, it's going to be different. You know, studies have shown that VBACs are safe. I mean, there is a, a possible possibility of uterine rupture, um, but that's, that's also a possibility with a woman who hasn't had a cesarean. Um, so it's, it's, they do, I mean, it is totally fine to have a VBAC, totally safe, but you know, you're going to have to know if that's something that you feel comfortable with. Does that make sense? So for 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 one mom, it might be really, really stressful to think about going through the process of 
labor again and the possibility of uterine rupture may keep her from laboring in a way that is um, relaxing, that she can calm herself down and let the process happen to her. Because we're emotional beings as women, way more emotional than men. We're complicated. All those things are incorporated during our labor. It doesn't change you know, when we're in labor, <laughs> those are very much present. During for sure. Labor, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but for another mom, she may have had a really, really scary experience that the thought of going back into the OR is terrifying. So she'd rather try for that, um, for that VBAC. So I think for each woman, she has to really um, do that preparation beforehand. Um, if you are in so much of, so much of birth to be able to I don't, I don't even want to say enjoy the process, maybe enjoy the process to, to feel comfortable and to feel in control. And I think that's another thing about, about labor that's really hard is when mom feels out of control of the situation. Um, but for mom to feel really in control and um, empowered in her birth, I feel like it's really important for her to make sure that she has a good communication with her provider, whether that's an OB or a midwife, and to have set clear expectations of what, how they approach birth how you're approaching birth, what is, how they make decisions within birth, all those things are so important so that you're not surprised the day of, um, that you can have those conversations beforehand, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to throw in my two cents about a VBAC. So I really struggled yeah. at the beginning when I was pregnant with my second, um, if what direction I was going to go in and I was like, oh, should I do the VBAC? And whatnot. And then, but then I had to think, okay, but then are, are you going to try to do it natural? Or are you just going to mm-hmm. do the epidural from the get go? And so then that brought in another slew of questions that I had to figure out. And for me, I had to decide. So what was the hardest part was laboring for so long and then going into a C-section? Like, yeah, it's like I was already just done. And then now I got to have surgery, you know? And so, yeah. um, so I had to decide, okay, what if I have another big baby and then she gets jammed? And a lot of times the second baby is bigger than the mm-hmm. first. So then I kind of had to think, okay, so um, what's going to happen? And like, I'm going to just be back at square one again. So yeah. it's like, you know, that's where it would have been really great to have a crystal ball and go, okay, <laughs> what this, is this going to happen or not? <laughs> Cause you're yeah. having to, you're having to make a decision on something that you don't you don't know. And and so you're trying to make a good decision. So for me, I decided let's just schedule the C-section. I feel like that's going to be easier. And then, um, and then that way I can just sleep, you get up, you have it scheduled. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there is a sadness again, because you're like, well, I am giving up that chance to have a V-back. And so you kind of then feel like, all right, well, you really are not doing it the way that you wanted Mm. to. Um, so, but you have to get to the point where, what can you handle? Like now you have, now I have a toddler at home and I'm going to have an infant. So now I have to think not just about like, well, this is what I really wanted. And I really want to just prove this to myself versus like, okay, but if you labor and then have a C-section, how's your recovery going to be versus just having a C-section. So for me, I could tell that I recovered easier the second time because I did not Mm -hmm. have to go through that marathon of laboring. And, um, Uh, but that's, you know, I know people who have had a VBAC and it was successful, you know, and so you, it, it's really hard to make that decision. So I think it you is. have to, I think you have to look at what was the reason 
that you had the C-section to begin with, if it was something like their heart rate drive and then you had to go, I feel mm-hmm. like, hey, a VBAC may be the option. But if there's other things that are going along with it that you're like, could this reoccur? Yeah. I, you you may want to think, well, I don't know. Do we want to go this route? And so, yeah. Um, and talk to your provider too. I oh, think of course. Your provider yeah. is a phenomenal, yes. you know, they, they are the experts in this. And, um, and, and also whoever your provider is, talk to your friends, ask them who, who did you enjoy? Um, what was good about them? Because especially in Nashville in this area, there's so many people to choose from. Yes. yes. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So, Don't be afraid to interview your provider just because you are with them, you know, up to 14, 15 weeks. Don't feel like you have to stay with them because, well, I've been with them or I don't want to hurt their feelings. Like at the end of the day, like you got to ask these questions and um, see what your provider says and see if you can trust them. You know, those are really important things. Yeah. And I wanted to say, too, I have friends that had such traumatic vaginal births that mm-hmm. they went to the, a C-section route. So mm-hmm. so kind of like what we were saying that it always it's not always the C-section part that you're kind of upset right. about that it's a you know your the the natural route that it maybe it caused so much like I've had friends that it it, it was so much on their body and their system that mm-hmm. it really just kind of completely wiped them out or, or they, or they tore so much. So, so Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say is, is to the women out there that didn't even have C-sections, but they also had, um, a natural birth, but it didn't go the way that they wanted that they still probably, I would imagine are struggling with their birth plan, not going the way they want. And so, absolutely. So Rebecca, we're almost at the end of the show. And I just wanted to ask you, do you have any thoughts that you could share with us for women that are kind of grieving through this process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, what, what would you want to share with them to kind of, you know, help them get through this, especially, you know, in those early days that Mm -hmm. you're really dealing with a lot of emotion, you're not getting sleep, you know, you have a baby that's crying. And then in the back of their mind, they have that running in the back of their head. Like, that's not the way I wanted things to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so hard. Um, to, to know that something you've planned for and look forward to for some women, you know, since they were a small child themselves, you know, of looking forward to having children and going through that process, um, to not go the way that we want it to. And so I feel like the biggest thing that's important is just to talk and communicate, um, with your friends, find some kind of safe place, um, there are counselors who talk talk through it. I think it's important to express how your feelings are, even if they feel silly, even if it's like that nurse turned on the light and that moment really, really like irritated me and it really broke my concentration and it kind of went downhill from there. I mean, it could be the smallest things, but those things aren't irrelevant. And to just kind of bring validation to them and work through them, talk through them. And, you know, like I said, so much of birth is like parenting and prepares us for it. And I think you can, can probably attest to that there's so much that we're just so out of control with in parenting too. Like, you know, we're not parenting. We do the best with, with what we have, with the information we have, and we're doing our best, but we're not going to do it perfectly. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like give yourself grace to know that you did the best you can with what the information that you had. And that's all you can do. I mean, you're just human. 
And I think, again, I think that sometimes we, we try to elevate ourselves and, and have this experience that empowers us. But no matter, no matter how your baby comes into the world, whether it's in the OR or, you know, or not, that moment that your child t- took that first breath is glorious and, and amazing because God has given that person their first breath. Like you got to witness the first moment of their life and it's glorious. Um, and to be able to recognize that, um, that it's still successful, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, um, I think that's, I think that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but to also be able to recognize that you can grieve things that made you sad about the process too. And that's okay to express and that's okay to feel sad. It doesn't ruin the birth. It doesn't ruin your transition into parenting. It just is what it is, you know, and it makes you stronger and you grow from it and you have empathy and all of those things. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that's, it's, it, you know, that's, that's the thing as hard as it is that it might've not gone the way that you want, you know, if your child's healthy, um, I think it's, you have to remember that, you know, that it's like you have a healthy baby, but at the same time, I, I, I don't want moms to think, well, because I had the healthy baby, you know, I should just not feel these feelings. Right, I'm, I'm right. saying, no, you need to feel They're them and, and process them because they won't go away. Yeah. They'll just kind of be back there. And so, but well, yeah. Rebecca, as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media and your website? Um, so social, oh, social media. Um, let's see. Um, sunshine doula.com is my website and social on like Facebook. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the same, maybe okay. so- sunshine doula services, um, okay. but it's all connected there. Perfect. Well, yeah. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Amber. It was great chatting with you. And there you have it. Hey, you guys, if you haven't already taken the vacation personality quiz, make sure to check it out. It is so much fun and it's only five questions. Even better, grab your spouse and do the quiz together to see what your vacation personality is so that you guys can get a better idea of what vacations you like best. All you have to do to get this free tool is go to mominspiredshow.com slash quiz. I'll see you next week. 